Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. And today we have Daniel with us. And Daniel is a guy that I got to know about a couple of years ago by now, I think. And he is super exciting from a management standpoint because he, first of all, run a whole bunch of businesses and he does it very, very successfully. Now, like everyone else of us, he have learned a lot of stuff, probably have a lot to learn, but I think a lot of his methods and a lot of what he does is super exciting and super interesting to share with you guys. So first of all, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mass. Great to be here. And Daniel, a lot of my audience probably don't know who you are. So would you mind spending just a minute or two giving a brief introduction of sort of who you are and what you do and a little bit about your businesses? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, um, my name is, is Daniel and I started my business back in 2012. Uh, I approached this business uh, thing from a marketing standpoint. Uh, so the first thing I dabbled in was uh, online marketing, affiliate marketing, these type of things, um, and quickly expanded and bootstrapped from, from nothing into building different sites and making my money with affiliate uh, marketing. And then eventually going into e-commerce, uh, which, is, which has been pretty big for me and still is. Um, yeah, and uh, until now, uh, you know, I've been expanding. We have about 140 employees uh, all working remotely. Um, so yeah, it's been going really well and uh, it's been an exciting journey so far. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And, and you started out while you were in Brazil. So originally you're, you're from Denmark, right? But uh, how, how was it starting up a business in a foreign country? <laughs> that was pretty much because I was broke and I had nothing else I could do. Um, I was living in Brazil and I tried to apply for jobs there, but I didn't speak the local language, didn't speak Portuguese. So I had to try to find a creative way of making money. Um, and I was basically taking the money I would get from my studies uh, from the Danish government. And I was taking as much of that and investing into like really, really simple websites. But I mean, I think I got lucky and I made a good amount of money on basically the first project I did. And it just, you know, inspired me to do more and, and invest all that money. So yeah, it was crazy starting in Brazil, but um, I had to do it. Otherwise, I would, I would just go broke. Excellent. And I mean, 140 employees, that's, that's quite a chunk. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what is really your management philosophy around, managing, uh, around management and, and taking care of your people? Well, I think I started off as that traditional, uh, nerdy, detailed guy that wanted to know everything that was going on in the business and really wanted to be hands-on, talk to everybody. Um, but I quickly realized uh, when scaling up that that was just not sustainable. Um, so after a while, you know, just with experiences, reading books, talking to people, including yourself, just developed a different management style, um, which involves giving people autonomy 
give people space and authority to really make decisions for you. So I would quickly begin hiring managers that would help me uh, run my businesses. And so that's really the core of my management style is to give away power to your people and allow them to to shine and to be to be doing their their job um, and not looking over their shoulders at all times uh, even if they could take advantage i just choose to believe in, in my employees and uh, i think that's that's helped me quite a bit um, that's the only way i could imagine scaling up to that many employees okay that sounds amazing what what do you actually enjoy the most about running a team and managing people? What 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 do you feel you get out of it the most? Um, yeah, that's a tough one, really. Um, I think I really jo- enjoy just growth in general. I get, I'm always addicted to seeing numbers go up uh, in every single way. It doesn't have to just be revenue, but it could also just be. Um, you know, people that people are happier, people stay with the company for longer or like any type of metric that goes up. I'm really addicted to that, uh, to growth essentially. Um, so really like that. Um, and on top of that, I would say that managing a lot of people gives me um, sort of like a feeling that I built, I have a group of people that I belong to, you know, like we, we're building something together and it's basically us against the rest of the world. And that, that sharing and that, you know, sense of camaraderie, is really a cool feeling. And I think it intensifies the more you take care of your employees and the more they give back to you. Um, it sort of feels like um, you get closer and they will work with blood, sweat, and tears for you. And, and you know, that feeling is, is truly amazing. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. What, what's the biggest challenge? Like, obviously, when building a company like that, you, you face a lot of challenges. But what's, from a management standpoint, what's the biggest challenge you felt you have managed to overcome? Well, that's a tough one. Um, there, there, there have been a lot of challenges from the from start to now. Um, I think it's really difficult to manage such a big team completely remotely. Um, so never seeing them face to face, and that that can be hard because honestly, if you really want to inspire and lead your people, it it's a bit limited when you can only do uh, Skype calls and stuff like that with your employees. Um, so I think I think that's a big challenge, and I've seen it in several several of my businesses. Uh, with the businesses where I don't meet up with the people face to face once in a while, they I feel like they suffer from that. They're not as passionate. They're not as engaged with the business. Um, so overcoming that has been a big challenge, and forced me to get out of my own shell, honestly, and be. Uh, and just arranging meetups with people and just getting out there and I've done that in my latest business and I can I can see the the big difference that it makes. So um, I think the biggest challenge is leading everyone remotely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and uh, definitely a ton of businesses struggle with that, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> 
And I mean, I, I remember when we started to talk a little bit, right? And, and like, I, I definitely know, like, even doing those Skype calls and, and like actually talking to people face, uh, not face to face, but let's call it Skype camera to Skype camera. Uh, that, that in itself makes a big difference if you haven't done that before. But uh, yeah, that's definitely something to be said about physical presence, right? Like there's something oh, yeah. hard to replace. So Yeah, it's funny because we all try to get away from that face-to-face thing and meeting up at an office. Like that's been the trend generally in, in the industry, especially with online marketing and all these businesses uh, taking off like rockets. But I feel like the more serious you get about one specific business, the more you steer towards meeting up more, having an, off, having an office and, and just being more traditional. And I do think there's something to say about that. You know, the physical presence, it makes a huge difference if you want your, your people to be inspired and, and happy and working, you know, with blood, sweat and tears for you. That makes a ton of sense. Um, what what do you normally do? Like you, you obviously have a good management team and a, and a fairly big management team. What do you normally do to identify the sort of future leaders? Like, do you have some strong processes for that, or is it a, a little bit more ad hoc, or, or how do you manage that in general? Yeah, I think it's, I don't have any of those really um, specific systems uh, in place. I would say it's more of my gut feeling and intuition. Um, when I see people are independent workers and they get things done, they don't have excuses and they naturally seek an alternative solution when the first one didn't work out. When they, all these quali- qualities are in place, uh, for me, they're almost natural leaders um, because it shows initiative and that they're proactive. Um, so those are some big qualities as well. Um, but obviously, the, the last part of the puzzle is also that they're able to communicate and lead other people and be a leader in the difficult situations. Um, so that's something you can only really see when you call people, meet with people, talk to them and see how they interact with the other employees in the business. Um, so that's something I will sort of survey on the sideline and, uh, and pull people to the side if I see they have great potential. Okay, interesting. And when, when you have a management team working under you, like what, what specifically do you do to try and make sure they are good managers? Because one of the things I see constantly is people getting promoted, but they don't really get the support and they don't really help with the, get help with the development. So what, what's sort of your strategy to try and help like a new manager or a new senior manager, whatever they're promoted into, help them perform as people managers? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think it happens a lot, especially in uh, in, uh, in high growth companies uh, where everything is just scaling really quickly. Um, so what I think is really important is to keep having uh, that person as a person close to you and mentoring that person, having calls with them and just talking to them on a weekly or biweekly basis on how everything's going and seeing how they're doing in their new role. Um, And I think it's very important to establish a relationship with your managers where they they feel comfortable sharing problems with you, knowing that even if they fail, 
they will not be um, criticized uh, without reason, and they will have instead of being criticized, they will, you know, have the tools to do better and find ways to solve those issues. And if they feel that, they will share uh, the issues they are having with you directly, and then you can address them together and find solutions together. And obviously, this gets more difficult as you your big your company gets bigger because you've got so many sub managers and, and leaders down uh, the hierarchy that you don't talk to directly. So then it's your uh, job to inspire and tell this to your, to the people that, that deal directly with you and deal then again with these sub managers. So really important that you inspire this throughout your organization. And of course, the best thing you can do is being, is being a living example of what you're telling other people to do and continue to inspire that and continue to tell that to the people that, that deal directly with you so they they can in turn send that forward throughout the company yep that makes a ton of sense and i think that's it's always interesting to see how people do it right but it's it's definitely an important thing and it's obviously i am a management coach so it makes sense i take it serious but i constantly <laughs> see people you know oh, you're good at this thing. You're now the manager of that department. Go do it. And like no support, no, no, like just expectation yeah, that the second you promote someone, they know what to do, right? I know that. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at all. I will definitely say that I've forgotten that uh, here and there, but it's a good reminder also to yourself. And it's really important, honestly, because it's going to be hard for them to succeed without having a touch point with you without getting some feedback and coaching on how they're doing. Um, yep. So yeah, that's a really good lesson. What about bringing new people into the company? So one of my favorite things to look at is sort of the onboarding processes in different businesses. So what, what do you feel you guys are doing when new people join the company and what do you think is working particularly well? Okay. Um, so we've done a lot, of different things and it really depends on the role um since i run a media publishing business we have a big turnaround of writers and we all, we're always looking for new writers um so a lot of these writers come and go so we need to have an ongoing funnel of just new people we can bring into the business and the way we've done that is by me outsourcing that to one of my employees and saying well um you are going to be hiring the writers and you will be working on perfecting that system. Um, and what we found for writers is that we have certain platforms where we, uh, you know, where we put up job posts. And we'll put, we will typically, for that specific job, do some tests and some samples and do an interview with them where we both test if they're culture fit and, uh, and fit for the job, you know, uh, off writing. Um, so there, there's that for those specific roles where we need a lot of them. And then there are other roles that are really paramount for the whole company. And this could be uh, head of media publishing. This could be a financial director or something that's really, really important. It will really impact the business a lot. And there, I still prefer to do a lot of the hiring myself, uh, as I believe that hiring a bad person can really cause a lot of issues in your business down the line. It will really trickle down and really snowball. Um, so I do a lot of the hiring myself. And when I do that, I tend to get an assistant uh, in helping me create a job board or just spread it around. And then we'll typically do LinkedIn ads or something like that where we can basically tailor them 
to people that already work in that field. Now, then we'll get in a ton of resumes of really, really, really good candidates. And then we will typically uh, put them into a sheet and arrange them all. And then we are going to be looking at their resume and we're going to be looking at their portfolio if it's a creative role, for example. And after that, I typically like to send out eight or nine questions tailored to both the profession we hire them for, but also to check if they're fit for our company culture. So there will be a mix of questions in there to really see how they do. And I really like this vetting process because you will see that half of the candidates will not even answer the questions. And this is really great because you're already sorting out the people that are not really eager to get the job or they don't really want to work for it at all. So I think it's a nice filtering. And then from the questions you get back, you will see really good answers and bad answers. And depending on that list, you can really, you know, you, only, you might only have two or three candidates left that you can go on a call on and then you know, talk to them about the job and talk about the questions. It's a great reference. It's a good starting point for, for your interview as well, that you have these questions that, that typically um, answer, and there'll be one or two pages in there. So there's a lot to go on. And typically we are able to hire uh, people from those uh, questions and interviews we've done um, and really get extremely strong candidates. And yeah, it's just been really working well for us. Excellent. That sounds great. And um, I mean, you, you know a few entrepreneurs and business owners and so on. What, what do you find particularly unique about your management style compared to others that you see? Like what, what, what do you feel like uniquely make, make you very good at what you do? I don't know if, if, if I'm better than everybody else, I can't, really can't answer that at all. But I think something that's important for people to consider is you can't scale a business to beyond six or seven figures and really go worldwide if you don't give autonomy and power to your employees. You have to, you have to allow them to make their own decisions and fail and then be supportive and constructive when you give feedback and allow them to learn from that. I think it's really important. And yes, you will have some employees that will take advantage of you uh, in some way. You will have some employees not doing their job well enough, but it's worth it because in the process, you will have some employees that will just excel from that, from that power and they will do your business so good. Like you, you will grow so much from that. And honestly, if you don't trust your employees, if you don't show it every day, that atmosphere will get picked up throughout the company and everyone is going to be hostile and basically not at a believing in each other. So, you know, they will check everything 10 times. They will not get anything done. I really believe that it's important to trust your employees. Um, I think it's, it's really um, something to consider. Um, and then the other thing that I really think is important, and some will disagree with this, but I think when you're starting a business or if you have a business that you're extremely serious about and you want it to expand to a worldwide brand, you want to take this, you know, basically public, you really want to go all out, then you have to understand the role you're hiring for. If you're hiring somebody to be, the head of PPC or the head of Facebook ads, whatever it is, 
then you cannot hire somebody good without understanding that business, uh, without understanding ads. So I think it's your role as a business owner to not be an expert in everything, but to understand something about everything. Uh, because you have to be able to challenge your employees to do better. You have to be able to have a call with them, with the head of PPC, with the head of e-commerce, and talk to them about the different metrics and what we, you can do better and, and all these different things. And I, so I think it's really paramount that you don't just do what you're good at, but you do a little bit of everything and have an understanding of everything. Uh, just like you can't run a business if you don't understand financial numbers as well. You'll have to be able to talk to your CFO uh, about these different things. So this is one of my biggest advices to, to learn all these different aspects of running a business. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. Super interesting. And, and yeah, you, you're 100% right. Like a lot of the time, particularly if there's things you have no understanding of, and, and I've been there. I mean, uh, many years ago, I, I tried to hire a, uh, an app developer when I had no clue about any kind of development. And it's freaking hard to talk with them, right? If you, exactly don't, speak, like, if you don't speak that language, it's like, that's a tough it's job. It's crazy, right? And they can just screw you over because they know that you don't know the data they're talking about or anything of that nature. So uh, if you really want them to perform well, you have to understand uh, everything and then learn in time to be really good at that as well. I think it's, um, I think it's just paramount if you want to build a, a really, really big successful business. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, all of us, none of us are perfect or at least very few. So <laughs> that's, that's something that's really important to me. So what is something specifically that, that you're currently working on changing or improving? So what, what's something uh, that, that you're currently feeling that this thing have to be fixed or changed or whatever? Mm, well, I think one of the things I recently worked through was sort of like a fear for um, being on stage or fear, a fear of being uh, in front of my employees face-to-face -face or, you know, stuff like that. So that's something I've, I really worked on a lot and I feel like I'm doing much better. I'm meeting with my employees face-to-face -face and I'm, I'm actually getting addicted to, the, to that process of, of talking to people and uh, talking to in front of people. So I think that's something huge that I worked through. And I think a lot of us online marketeers, we have this thing where we think we can just work from home and then we can just manage everyone through Skype or Slack. But yeah, you can do that. But once you get big enough, you won't be able to do that anymore. And you'll have to be a real leader standing in front of a big crowd um, and talk to your employees. And, I think that's a really essential skill in a leader and a CEO. So um, if you can't do that, then I really suggest you get a partner that, that can do that. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Um, also, a, a second thing, a little bit similar. So I'm always conscious of business risk. So what, what do you currently consider the biggest risk to your businesses? And like, how, how do you generally try and mitigate that? Um, honestly, the biggest risk in the way I've set up my business is the affiliate partners that I work with. If they change the relationship, um, the, the conditions we sell under, that could affect us a lot. And of course, Google uh, as a 
basically the sole company delivers all our traffic through their search engine, that is a massive risk as well. Um, so those those are big, big uh, challenges we have. And what we're doing, what I'm doing is spreading my income over many different channels um, and not just doing, for example, affiliate marketing or banner ads, whatever, but also doing other things like e-commerce and stuff like that. So I think it's important to to hedge yourself against uh, potential change in a Google algorithm or uh, changes in the terms of your affiliate partners. Um, and you can do that through many different ways, but one of them is just starting businesses in other industries. Um, and potentially finding synergies as well. Like I've been really dependent on affiliate income for a long time. Now I started an e-commerce business and some of the products I sell through e-commerce are also promoted through my media publishing business. So basically they help each other make money. So that's a great way to diversify yet still have a lot of synergy, um, which I would recommend everybody doing. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I, I think that's more or less it for me. Any sort of tips and tricks or apps or anything that you have become addicted to from a management standpoint that you want to share with the audience? Oh, I, feel, I think I'm very boring from that standpoint. Um, Slack is obviously something I use every single day and I'm very uh, religious about using it correctly and having you know a really good uh, system for our channels and having people use Slack correctly. Um, so that's that's a huge thing for me. Um, other management tools, I'm very low tech. So we basically use uh, Google Excel for a lot of different things. Code everything in there, pull data directly into the Google Excel, um, just keep it low tech. Um, so those probably is the tools I've used the most. Um, I can't really think of anything super out of the ordinary. Um, sure. So yeah, I guess I have to be the boring one. What, what about any books, any favorite books? Um, so what I've been talking a lot about is giving autonomy to your people um, and some of the, and also creating that feeling of camaraderie. And I think some books that are really good for that is uh, Let My People Go Surfing, uh, the founder of the outdoor brand uh, Patagonia, which really shows how to build a culture and a brand that is out of the ordinary and how to get people to work for you uh, with everything that got. Um, so this is an amazing book. And then um, another book called Delivering Happiness, um, which is by the founder of Sappos. It's an amazing book, but also shows you a little bit more about how to build a culture in your business that people just love to work for. And um, yeah, I can't rec recommend those books enough. Excellent. Well, that was two books I had not heard about, and that rarely happens. So thank you for <laughs> that as well. Uh, sure. Daniel, if, if people have been super excited to hear about this stuff and, and desperate to get in contact with you, what's the best way to, to hit you up? Um, they Obviously, I got email, I got Instagram and stuff like that. So if, cool. if you want to share them in, in the notes, I'll, that's totally I'll add fine. that in the show notes, yeah. Yeah, and then they can easily get in touch. Excellent. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today and sharing about all your, sharing your management wisdom. It was <laughs> a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.